0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number eight of the Elevate podcast, the podcast that's out to document and elevate the human experience through conscious conversation. I'm your host, Hayden Humphrey, and I'm incredibly excited to be sharing with you my conversation with Precious Williams. Precious, known affectionately as Killer Pitch Master, is a world-class communicator who works with successful women entrepreneurs and helps them take their professional pitching and speaking skills to the next level. Williams has been on top television shows and publications for her pitching, branding, and professional speaking skills. She was featured on season eight of ABC's Shark Tank. She's been on CNN, MSNBC, and even the Wall Street Journal. With over 25 years of experience in creating unique branding, speaking, and marketing techniques, Williams trains her clients and sales teams at Fortune 100 companies how to remain authentic and transparent when presenting to distinctive audiences. In this episode, Precious and I talk about her love of pitching, some of the obstacles that she's overcome, like homelessness and abuse, and her zest for authenticity and full expression. As always, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot that you've decided to spend your time with us, and I'm excited to share this episode with you.
1: welcome to the show. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I gave the folks a little bit of background about you and what you're all about in the intro to the show, um, but I'd love to hear directly from you, like, what are you up to?
1: I'm, you know, I'm up to a lot. I'm a booked hashtag booked and busy speaker, so I have speaking engagements all over the world. Where I teach on pitching, branding, and public speaking. I've been a professional speaker for 25 years, and I'm laughing because I'm 41 years old, and mm. I'm like, oh my god, I've been doing this since I was 16. Um, I'm writing my next book, and just you know, my first book was Bad Bitches and Power Pitches for Women Entrepreneurs and Speakers Only, and I have a lot of. I have a lot of conferences, summits, and international speaking engagements coming up. So that is Mm -hmm. occupying a lot of my time working with my individual clients on their pitches, whether it's to media, investors, at networking events, or to secure paid speaking engagements. And then I'm excited that I'm speaking at LinkedIn, Google, and Microsoft this year. So. I feel like I'm batting a thousand.
0: (laughs) It's awesome. I love that. Thanks for sharing all that. You're just some super cool stuff. It's um it's so interesting. I was thinking about it before we before we jumped on and started recording. I was like, I don't think that I have ever met anyone else that specialized specifically in pitches. Like I've met like communications coaches and coaches, but I was like, I don't think I've ever met anyone that you know, that's specifically fit, uh, focused on pitches, which is awesome. Um, and, you know, you said you'd been doing it since 16. And so no, uh, I've been a
1: professional speaker, an international professional speaker since 16, but I started <laughs> pitching in 2011 with my first company.
0: Oh, got it. Cool. Nice. Okay. Um, well, I'd be curious, two things, like what got you into speaking in the first place? Um, and then later on, like what ended up, uh, how did you end up getting into pitches?
1: Okay. So when I was 16 years old, I went to an inner city high school and you know, a lot of the, the, a lot of my classmates and a lot of the students in the school weren't really taught how to really speak. And I didn't, I didn't start off in the inner city. I started off in, and if you've ever been to St. Louis, you'll understand what I'm saying. There's the County and there's the city in the County. It was a very mixed environment, very diverse, but when you're in the city, it was an all black high school. The textbooks were from yesteryear. Mm. Um, It just was a totally different environment. So I already came in advanced and Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was that great of a speaker, but it was funny. My grandmother used to wake me up every morning and, you know, make me do affirmations in the mirror. You know, I I come from Mm -hmm. a, a very abusive background. My mother was very abusive. My father is a drug addict. So when my grandparents took me in, my grandmother said, you have the gift of speech. She said, the way you speak, you have such energy and it doesn't matter who you're speaking to. You make people feel good. So I'm thinking, you know, (laughs) everyone's kind of crazy, whatever. (laughs) But the principal of my high school came to me at 16 and said, hey, I need you to speak at an event. And because I was 16, he didn't really tell me who was in front of, and it was before the mayor of the city of St. Louis. Mm. And so my English teacher wrote my speech and I just delivered it. Did I care? Not really. I was 16. What do you care about at 16 years old? Mm -hmm. And so... I delivered the speech and I did so well that my next speaking engagement was before the governor of Missouri. Mind you, I'm in an inner city high school. So imagine the other students that I was around that weren't from my background Mm. who I was heads and tails above. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't have been, you know, based on my background, but I've always known how to really speak to people and to, speak in such a way that everyone feels welcomed, whether you're the custodian to whether you're the president. I've just always Mm. known how to really connect with people.
2: Mm.
1: Now, I became an attorney. So, you know, I went to college on a full ride. I went to law school on a full ride twice. (laughs) And and then, you know, I moved to New York and became a successful New York City-based attorney. Mm -hmm. And I grew to dislike being an attorney so much because Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, is this what I want to spend the next 30 years of my life doing? Going to court? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. So I met a very famous actor and we started a relationship and I was 327 pounds. And I had this thought one day that I was going to start Curvy Girls Lingerie, which was my first company. The only problem was I quit every job I ever had as an attorney. Uh So (laughs) I had no money to get it started. I had negative (laughs) $400 in my bank account. Uh And I didn't know what to do. And, you know, little birdie talked to me, God, and just said, hey, you're going to be on television. So, you know, you tell your friends, yeah, I'm going to be on television. They're like, you're fat, you're black, you're not necessarily Mm -hmm. working. How's this going to work? So I went to a small business award ceremony by Cranes. Mm -hmm. And in the room were media sponsors from CNBC, MSNBC. And I walked up to the producers at MSNBC, no pitch, didn't know what to say. But I walked up to them and I said, hi, I'm Precious Williams. I'm the proud founder and CEO of Curvy Girls Lingerie. (laughs) We're the ultimate shopping experience for full-figure divas and plus-size fashionistas. When I tell you, they started laughing at me. Mm. And they were like, you're good. You should Mm. be on our show Elevator Pitch. Never heard of an Elevator Pitch in my life. But you know, I played the game like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. And Mm -hmm. then they brought me the host, which is J.J. Ramberg. But she got an award, and so they brought me her booking and producer. And the booking producer came up to me and said, give me your elevator pitch. I had no idea what she was talking about. But in that moment, I just I just said the first things that came to mind. And she said, you're good. You're going to be on the show. <laughs> and that's how I got into pitching. And so when I performed on the the show, the show. He's called your business JJ Remberg mm-hmm. and they have a little section called Elevator Pitch. So when I pitched, I pitched in front of all of the hosts of MSNBC back in the on the weekends. And they all were like, you were dynamic, mm-hmm. dynamic. Like I, I haven't seen anybody do it like you. And mm-hmm. that's when I thought maybe I have a talent. So then I started entering elevator pitch competitions. And out of 14 competitions I won 13 times.
2: Mm-hmm. First place. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And with winning competitions, you get television appearances. So I've been on Shark Tank, CNN, Wall Street Journal, Forbes magazine. And again, I'm still a full figure diva, (laughs) plus size fashionista. And I wanted to show that I didn't have to go to Harvard, yes, Stanford, Columbia. I didn't have this cool tech company. And I'm not, I wasn't an international company, but I have a talent. And to be rewarded for that talent. And to have big company, big, uh, big media companies, like we'd like to have you on a show, show us how to do the perfect pitch. And that's why Mm -hmm. I started my third company, which was Perfect Pitches by Precious. And that's how I got started.
0: That's so awesome. Thanks for sharing that story. Uh, The thing that I really, well, the thing that I just want to acknowledge you for off the bat is like, thanks for just being so authentic. Like, it's really cool to like, hear the things that you've been through and have overcome and, Mm -hmm like the level of ownership that you have over those things and like your willingness to share because I think that's so incredibly important for everybody listening and everybody more generally, like seeing that those things don't have to hold you back, but rather it can be a catalyst to you creating a really incredible experience of life for yourself and an amazing set of businesses and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Um, It's also really interesting too, like the idea of the thing that you love starting in childhood, Mm -hmm. like the, um, like the thing that I'm just realizing more and more as I think a big part of adulthood is actually like getting back to the way that you were as a child Mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, how, um, just struck with wonder you are and how willing you are to go out and play and try things and like be open to things. And I've definitely found that, um, you know, in my life and starting to remove a lot of the, you know, layers and conditioning that happened to me through high school and college. And after that, and I feel in a way, I feel more like my Um, childhood, you know, childhood self now, (laughs) but it's Mm -hmm. in like a mature, grown up, you know, adult kind of, um, kind of fashion, which is, uh, which is really interesting. Right. Um, I'm curious, the the thing that gets me curious is the, the things that you shared about some of the stuff that happened to you when you were younger, like the dynamics with your family and some of the, you know, the abuse that you had experienced. Like, what do you think it was that had you overcome those things um, versus you know potentially getting caught up in it or having it define you?
1: I think what it was, and honestly, the 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 greatest thing I can honestly say is I, I really felt like I was born different. Mm. And I know that sounds strange, but I I, I grew up around poverty projects and stuff like that. But what kept me going is I used to watch, um, intimate portrait, biography, lifestyles of the rich and famous, the mm. stuff that kids do. I used to watch A&E when it used to be mm. a arts and entertainment. And I used to, I used to sit there and say, I'm going to live like that one day. Yeah. I used to read Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, I really took an interest in learning because I just believed there was more to life than the hood. I really believed that. Mm. And you know, I couldn't get my I couldn't get a lot of people to see see other ways of life. And people are in St. Louis. They stay there.
2: Mm-hmm. They raise kids there. Mm-hmm. That was
1: I never wanted that. I said St. Louis mm-hmm. is too small for my personality. So wow. when I was uh, when I was young, I was the number seven speller in the nation at Scripps Howard, I, number mm-hmm. seven. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't win, but I was close. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I did a lot of plays and stuff like that, so I was very comfortable on stage, and I was very comfortable meeting with adults. I was very comfortable being the youngest in the room and having the most fire. I was very comfortable with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I decided I was going, to, when I decided I was going to college and I was going to school in Atlanta, you know, my family just did not believe that I could do it, just because they're like, you know, you're a big fish here, and I'm like, but I'll be an even bigger fish around the world. And I know I'm going to go to New York, but they, everyone was just like, you're from St. Louis. We don't do these sort of things. And I was like, but I'm different. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so hard when you are young to articulate that you are different and you're okay with being different.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah. I, and I don't know how to explain it. I just knew that I was born different. And I knew that there was something special in me when I was five years old. I feel like God breathed over me and said, you're going to, you are going to, do it big now whether my reality said that it didn't Mm -hmm. my abusive mother said I was ugly stupid no man would ever want me I'd never have friends so Mm -hmm. she really beat into my head I would never have it but there was this this light inside of me that said I will prove you wrong I don't know Mm -hmm. how I'm gonna do it I didn't I don't come from a background of money but I just knew I was born different
0: Mm. Yeah. It's like that uh, belief in self, like just an absolutely unshakable belief that the things that I want to create for myself will happen. I don't know exactly how it's going to come about, but those things are going to present themselves in my life. Um, And it's interesting, right? It's um, (laughs) in a sense, it's a lot of the work that I do as a coach is supporting people in realizing that that kind of belief in self and that kind of way of living is available to you all the time. Like mm-hmm. you actually have an opportunity in every moment um, to choose from a place of trusting that y- you know your innate greatness and goodness is enough to create the things that you want to create, and there's nothing else that's that's needed. Um, so it's cool because it sounds like it was something that was just kind of innate for you from from the start. It was. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the other piece too that I that I heard you mention was you know being uh, around or being exposed to other types of lifestyles or other, uh, people Mm -hmm. and things that they were creating and, and the successes that they were creating for themselves. And what got me thinking was like, okay, it's almost like you're looking at that next level. Like, where's the place that I want to go? What's the possibility that I want to create for myself? And I'd be curious, like, how do you do that now in your life now?
1: Let me make sure I understand the question. How do I Mm -hmm. do, what specifically now?
0: Yeah, so the piece that I heard in in what you shared was you would watch these television shows and you sort of saw how- uh, Oh,
1: still, still, I'm still still lit about it, still lit. So so I still, so, you know, I love watching like the travel channel, you know, and Mm -hmm. and as a professional, international professional speaker, I've spoken around the world. Mm -hmm. So I literally got to live out the things I got to see on television when I was a little girl. And, you know, when I watch a travel channel, a travel channel with Andrew Zimmer, and Bizarre Foods, Delicious Destinations, or I would watch uh, the guy who, who committed suicide, Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. No Reservations. Mm-hmm. It just that lit a fire to me. I still watch biographies, still read business biographies because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know when mine is written by someone else, it's going to take on a different flavor of its own. Like most people don't know what it's like to be homeless. They don't. Mm-hmm. But I three years ago, I was homeless on the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people look at me, like, how don't the where did you go from being a homeless? First of all, you did a shark taking. All the, how did you? And, and I tell people, you know, you can be in business for years and you can have the wrong business partner. You can make mistakes. In fact, the love of my life died, and that kind of the, the grief was so overwhelming that I started making very, very bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, before I knew it, spent all my money. Don't know how I how I did it. Became a severe alcoholic. And if it wasn't for me almost taking my life on January 22nd, 2017, my 38th birthday, mm. I and my cousin finding me within mm. two minutes, within two minutes of, you know, they were like two minutes later, you'd have been dead. Um, mm. <clears throat> if he hadn't saved my life and if I hadn't have been homeless, then I can speak with a totally different Message today than I did before yeah. back then I could speak about, you know, I was great. I was always great as a speaker whatever. Now I have meat and depth to what I said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, before I could talk about being negative $400 and, and not and flipping that into $500,000. Now mm-hmm. I can talk about I have been down in the trenches up and down. And every time I'm down, I bounce higher and higher because I know what I've gone through and I can speak from experience and not from reading about it
0: yeah totally. Um, there's like something about that lived experience mm-hmm. and also the like the piece about contrast, mm-hmm. like from what happened and where you were to where you are now and mm-hmm. the transition of that um, I feel like just makes your ability to connect with people and speak about those kinds of topics just all that much richer.
1: It really, really does. It mm-hmm. really, really does. I have I have such uh, so much more empathy. Mm -hmm. I have so much like when people meet me, the first thing they always say is your energy is crazy. I love your energy. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I don't think you would have loved my energy years ago because I had I was pretending to be perfect. And now I don't have to pretend I'm not. Mm -hmm. I've got I've had heartache. I've had struggle. I've stress. I've had it all. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: yet I kept going. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Um, The. So when I was thinking about the questions that I wanted to ask or the things that I wanted to cover, um, like I said earlier, one of the things that came up for me was how interesting it is that you're really the first person that I've met who focused specifically on pitches. (laughs) By design, by Uh, design, by design. (laughs) Which is awesome. And so, you know, it's interesting because when I think about Pitches, there's a, you know, the fundamental components of how do you communicate value? How do you create an experience that's engaging? How do you sell? Like, there's all these different components. Um, And so I would imagine that you're probably also pretty skilled at, you know, longer presentations and Mm -hmm. um, writing and public speaking and those sorts of things. So I'd be curious, like, what is it for you about pitches, like pitches and pitching specifically that's so special?
1: you know what's so special about pitching is because in a very short period of time you can showcase the very best of your business and what will make it stand out that a longer presentation you could take i could take 45 minutes to an hour or i could do it in 30 seconds that's mm-hmm. that that's talent that's mm-hmm. true skill or you can do it in three minutes you know like being able to be under those kind of circumstances and killing it like being able to get the, the big boys and the big investors to pay attention, to get big media to pay attention, to be at networking events and know I have the best pitch in this room and people never forget it mm-hmm. and, and 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 constantly updating. When I work with my clients, I tell them, do you want to sound like everybody else? Or do you want to sound like, do you want to sound extraordinary? Mm-hmm.
2: That's
1: mm-hmm. why I never start off with, hey, I'm Precious Williams. I'm the killer pitch master. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Cause that's what's expected. And a great thing about pitching is I, I love pattern interrupts. I am not here to sound like anybody else. If I'm the killer pitch master and I claim I'm the best in the world and I don't just claim it. I, I listen, who else is a pitch master? Who else is a killer pitch master? Why am I called the killer pitch master? Cause I slay all competition, all of them. I don't worry about it. When I go, when I used to go head to head in competition, people would say, oh, she's fat. Oh, she's going to talk about food. I wouldn't say anything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let my talking show them who I really am. Mm. I can sit and argue with you or I can blast you with my talent, and It will always blow people away. And so when I work with clients, it's very important for me to, to really understand what do they do differently and how to showcase that difference in a fun, unique way. When I got on Shark Tank and when I killed the game on Shark Tank, I i, I wanted to be so good, they never forgot me.
2: Mm-hmm. And when I
1: came in with a low-cut canary yellow peplum dress and an afro and extreme makeup, I wasn't playing with them. I said, this is, this is my moment. If I want to come in like everybody else and just thank you guys for the opportunity, I don't want to do any of that. I mm-hmm. want to come out so hard, you will never forget me. When you see me walking down the street, that's that chick precious. Oh my god, that's a killer bitch master. I remember her. And she is that bad. And my clients are that bad. Yeah.
0: I love that. The uh, yeah, there's a couple of things in that I that I hear in that. One is I love this idea of pattern interrupt. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I think so many of us are walking around in routine. Mm-hmm. And not very aware of what's happening, not really sure like why we're doing the things that we're doing. And so it's actually really cool to hear that the like interrupting the pattern or what's normal or the status quo is like a really intentional part of um, like how you go about pitching mm-hmm. and how you go about building your company. I'd be curious too, like the, I, the idea of pattern interrupt, like does that show up in other places like in your business or in your personal life?
1: Definitely. Definitely. It definitely shows up mm. in everything that I do. It really, really does. Again, mm. I told you since I was a young child, I knew it was different. So I embrace difference.
2: Mm.
1: You know, when you meet me, you'll see that my hair changes every day,
2: mm.
1: every day, like t- tomorrow it might be blue. The next day it might be pink. It might be blonde the next day. I love being different. And I love that people can never really peg me.
2: Mm.
1: And they, and th- that there's something about that that really makes me feel good about myself Mm
2: -hmm. is that
1: i truly embrace difference and ever since i was a young girl i embraced those who were different yeah whether it was age race class sex sexual or none of that bothered me it was one of those things that i just loved because i was like if you can stand in your difference i liked you because i know how hard society can be on people who are different Mm -hmm. and if you can stand in it you will make doubters into believers and you will make people admire you and respect you. Even if they hate you, they have to admire and respect someone who goes against the grain and the people that go against the grain are the people we talk about all the time. Steve jobs, the, the Bill Gates, the, um, Oprah Winfrey's, the, um, these big time people, they did something different. Mm. Mm-hmm. And why do they do something different? Because that's what's required. If you want to be like everybody else, then you'll be a dime a dozen. That's why I don't put myself out there as a motivational speaker. I am the killer pitch master. Mm-hmm. I am a 13 time national elevator pitch champion. I have appeared on a lot of different shows. The same shows that people said I would never get on because I didn't look the part or I didn't sound the part.
2: Mm-hmm. When
1: I walk into big companies and I'm training their sales teams or I'm training their ERGs, don't think it's lost on me for a second that people said it would never happen. And it happens every day because I am different.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, no, the, the thing that I really hear in that is like the ownership of uniqueness and ownership of your personality, like your authentic personality at the core. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, I don't know, do you know, um, uh, Marianne Williamson, she wrote, uh, a return to love. Yes. Okay, so she has that really famous quote, and I'm totally going to butcher it here, but it's um, the quote that's like, uh, our, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful, powerful beyond measure.
1: Beyond measure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I love uh, it.
0: And one of the pieces of that quote is she talks about how um, basically by showing up as our authentic selves, we give other permission. Yes. Permission to do the same. Yes. Um, and so I just think about like what a cool gift that is for everybody that you come into contact with. For you to be able to take such ownership um, and uh, you know con- control in a sense, and and be so fully expressed and authentic in who you're being, because it just allows other people to do the exact same thing.
1: It's so true. I have a uh, my biz- my business coach uh, Ty Goodwin always says when you step into your purpose, you give others permission to step into theirs.
0: Mm. I love that. What would you say is your purpose?
1: My purpose is to unlock and to show to unlock the gift of speech in women, especially, but also to show them how to fly beyond their wildest dreams in business and speaking and life by having the courage to put themselves out there unapologetically and just doing the damn thing. It's almost like, you remember, and I probably have the, the, I'm a butcher something, but there was a story back in history where this, I guess, captain was, you know, he burned all the ships. So his, and the men weren't mm-hmm. supposed to, you know, kill everybody. They were like, they were supposed to be beaten and he burned the ships. You you don't have, you don't have a, you can't retreat. So you got to mm-hmm. fight to the bitter end and they, and they won. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's how, that's how life is at times. Like sometimes you got to burn plan B in order for plan A to work.
0: Mm. That's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, unlocking the gift of speech and women. And like, what is, you know, you talk about like no retreat until the end, like the end mm-hmm. is actually accomplished and created. Like what's at the end of that for you? Like what's the vision for you?
1: So I'm starting the Bad Bitches Empowered Pitches live three day experience here in New York. And then I'd like to take that on a tour, but I'm creating the movement, Bad Bitches and Power Pitches, and being unapologetic about being ambitious and really celebrating those who are willing to be different and put themselves out there mm. and really using speech, really using speaking and pitching as a way to separate yourselves from people who are unwilling or too scared to really get get out there. Mm. So that's one thing And mm. I also know I'm a, I'm a talented talk show host I know that And so I see myself, you know, hosting a nationally syndicated talk show
2: <laughs> Nice, that's so and it, awesome And, it,
1: it, it, you know, I, I don't have to be Wendy Williams I don't have to be Oprah I don't have to be any of these people I am the best Precious Williams mm. And I'm going to bring it with a whole different type of flavor
2: Yeah
0: Who would you, just out of curiosity Who would you, like, who would be your top three people that you would want to have on?
1: You know, First, I, I've always wanted Oprah on, to be the first guest on my show. Not because mm-hmm. I want her to pass the baton. <clears throat> Excuse me. But because I want to acknowledge greatness and step into my greatness in front of the great. Mm. I would love to have interviewed Michael Jackson. I would love to because there's something about Michael Jackson. I know he's been deceased and this will be his 11th year being deceased. But I am so blown by, by true talent that you keep you keep setting the bar higher and higher for everyone else behind you, even mm-hmm. yourself. And I would love to interview Beyonce. She's going to turn me down because I'm not big enough. I get it. <laughs> yes, she's going to turn yeah, me down. Not
0: big enough yet.
1: I'm not big enough, but, don't, but I got to call it how I see it. And I love the Beyonce when she's not glitz and glam. I want yeah. the Beyonce when she's planning a tour three years out. And she's sweating, and she—I want that Beyoncé because that's the Beyoncé that inspires me. Mm. And the, it, she's not the one that with the beautiful videos. I want the one who, when I was in my darkest moments, I would look at some of her behind the scenes, and I would see that she, 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 she just is great.
2: Mm.
1: And she, she doesn't do it to compete with everybody else. She's competing with the best that she was yesterday, and yeah. that's something that I do. I, I'm not content. With people saying, oh, well, what about this person? I don't care about those people. I care about being better than I was yesterday. Mm -hmm.
0: Love that. It's it's interesting, you know, being an entrepreneur and also being involved in the coaching space. Mm -hmm. um, Because so much of my work revolves around, um, like, personal growth. Mm-hmm. Not only for the people that I'm working with, but mm-hmm. also in my, like what's in my best interest as a coach is continuing to learn more about me because I can only take my clients as far as I myself have gone in a sense. Right. And, you know, it's been so interesting in the last two and a half ish years, really coming to this realization of like, oh, wow, you know, all these things that I thought that I wanted to create. I still do, but I don't see them as the end goal anymore Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. like the thing that I'm trying to get to. It's just more about the day-to-day, moment-to-moment experience and realizations and breakthroughs and, um, you know, outside of like the business strategy or the niching or conversion rates or whatever it is, like the personal growth is really,
1: it's the work in a sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, like, you know, I am as I'm very proud of the success of my clients, but I I really push myself to never rest on my laurels, which is why, you know, when I have my speaking clients, those who want to get paid speaking engagement, those who want to be at certain places, those who want to be seen and heard that you can't be complacent and you can't just keep saying the same things over and over and over again because it gets stale. So I encourage you to challenge yourself to talk about, to, you know, speak on things that are in your wheelhouse, but you've been afraid to challenge yourself. And I and I, and I I believe in challenging myself to be better and better. And I watch a lot of sports, even though I halfway don't understand it. <laughs> but the reason why you have coaching is to get better. As great as you are, as great as Tom Brady is, you know, uh, his coach Belichick still be pushing them. Like, mm-hmm. dude, we've won Super Bowls, but you can still improve.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What you talking? To somebody who's won how many Super Bowls? You can still step your game up. What? That's what mm-hmm. I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, just like consistent commitment to excellence. You yeah. know, consistent
1: commitment. You know, like the people who make it to the top and consistently stay there. It's not an accident. It's not. Mm-hmm. Maybe in maybe in Hollywood, maybe, but not in like the services industry. You, you've put in you, you you paid the cost to be the boss you, you put in your dues that means you you spoke when you weren't getting paid that means you kept putting yourself out there for people who, who told you no until they could no longer deny you
0: mm. mm-hmm. the um yeah it's it's so interesting just thinking about like the process by which we continue to grow as people and as entrepreneurs and it's so interesting because there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, but uh, you know, I'd be curious with you, like how do you continue to you know intentionally involve, like evolve and grow as a person?
1: I, I continuously evolve as a person, partly because you know as you get older, you start seeing your silly mistakes from being younger and the petty things that you paid attention to that you, you didn't need to. Mm -hmm. that cost you valuable relationships and petty arguments and squabbles that didn't need to be taken to that level. Now I'm so compassionate for others and where they are. It's funny. um, Sometimes when people look at people who are homeless, they say, go just get a job. And I'm like, if it really were that simple, Mm -hmm. if it really were that simple, um, I have, I have a special place in my heart for people who struggle and they keep going. Not saying they're doing it perfectly, but they're doing it Mm. because what's the alternative to give up and die. Mm. And I refuse to rest on my laurels. I refuse. And that's why I keep pushing myself to get into even bigger spaces, even bigger companies. I mean, you know, LinkedIn, Microsoft, and Google, top, top companies, top, top companies. I've been a speaker for 25 years and only in the last year have I gotten to that level. Mm. Before I was kind of playing BSing and stuff, but I don't BS anymore. I'm like, listen, this is where I want to be, and I don't care who tells me you 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 haven't paid enough dues. I listen, listen. I bet you I get there before you do, and I have.
0: I'll race you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, until- so. You know, in thinking about that, like continuing to grow, getting involved in larger companies, like just taking everything that you're doing to the next level, um, like are there like strategies that you use or specific like folks that you're working with that are like supporting you in taking everything that you're doing and, you know, evolving it to that next place?
1: So, you know, I'm grateful to have a great support system. You know, I have you know a great business coach and I'm constantly bombarded with people who are at even higher levels that want to work with me. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of do, does our energy align. Um can you really see my vision or is it really your vision you're trying to push on me? Um so in working with people higher on the food chain, I still have to make sure the energy is right and that I'm not being put in a position where my values are not being respected in in the pursuit of you wanting me to be higher. so I look good on your on your website or something like that. I get I get all of that. Mm-hmm. I am blessed to be at a certain level. I'm truly blessed you know I don't have to be Tony Robbins. I don't have to be Les Brown. I don't have to be Lisa Nichols or you know uh, any of those people but to be a paid professional speaker and make a living off of that have individual clients, have speaking engagements all over the world. These are things I was told wasn't possible for a black woman who didn't have an Ivy League degree and being able to prove every day that I I literally get to live and do what I I was born to do. The only way I'm able to do that is by having the right people around me Mm. who push me and encourage me. Mm-hmm. Who walk me into the doors that I never knew were even open, never knew they existed. And that's why I keep pushing myself. Because if they believe in me, they don't want yeah, they don't want precious from two years ago. They want the best precious today. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I focus on pitching is because no one else was focusing on it. And I like to be in a, in a lane by myself. Right. So when people are looking for, oh, who can help me with pitching? You know, that chick, Precious Williams, killer pitch master, you need to get with her. It's Mm -hmm. it's a no brainer. It's not like if I said, if I was a motivational speaker, you would have, who who would you go to? You would go to the top, the top people or the best that you could afford. But when it comes to pitching, I want to create such a a positive environment around pitching and such a, a name for myself that it will survive me long after I've expired that there is an art and a science to pitching.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's um, this whole idea of becoming known for something in particular and Mm -hmm. for something specific. And, you know, it's been really interesting talking with a lot of other entrepreneurs and folks that, you know, I have in my network and sharing stories. And what I find is it tends to be a pretty common thing that entrepreneurs are afraid to niche down (laughs) and like afraid to... um, uh, like pick something and get mm-hmm. really specific about, um, you know, who they're serving and the services and products that they're creating. And at the same time, like that's actually the way to create success and create a business that's sustainable and scalable. Cause if you do yes. everything for everybody, then it's like, well, what are people gonna, why would I do that when I can go to precious and she does pitches specifically mm-hmm. and I can work with her and, you know, get support for her in that way.
1: It is so, you know what? And I have to be honest, when I started, I don't think I was as confident in myself mm-hmm. that I would, that this would be my niche. You know, I've been a speaker for so long, but when I made that decision, it totally changed the trajectory of my life. It really did. Mm-hmm. It's getting really, really clear on what is my zone of genius.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What is it? It's Yes, I can speak on a variety of topics, but I only speak on certain topics. I don't speak on leadership. I don't speak on um diversity and inclusion, like the the hot topics, I don't speak on those because I am, that's not my zone of genius. My zone of genius is pitching, public speaking, branding. Like that's really it. I don't really go outside of those. And it's not because I don't think I could. I just want to do it to the best of my ability. And these are the things that I'm really good at. Totally. It's
0: interesting too. You know, I think about, I, I don't know if you've read the book, The Big Leap. Um, by gay Mm -hmm. hendrix Mm -hmm. yeah so he talks about zone of genius and uh you know so interesting i was thinking about the other day um how so many of us are caught in this zone of excellence or zone of you know not mediocrity but what's working versus the thing that like really truly lights us up from the core and Mm -hmm. how i feel like there's there's typically a lot of fear around going fully into your zone of genius. Cause it's this question of like, is it going to work? How are things going to work out? Am I going to be able to make the money that I need to make? Like all of these detail pieces, um, that mm-hmm. what I'm finding as I lean further and further into the things that really light me up, like the details take care of themselves. The clients show up, (laughs) money shows up, like Mm -hmm. as long as, as, as the more that I lean into the things that I really love and the places where I'm able to just show up and play and just be myself, the more that I'm finding things are just happening for me or to me or, you know, doors are opening up that I didn't know existed
1: previously. Um, But it can be a scary process. Yes. Yes, it, it is. I mean, I, you know, it, it, you can read all the business books you want. I promise you, you're going to encounter certain things that are only specific to your business. And mm-hmm. most things are specific to a lot of different businesses, but mm-hmm. there are certain things you're going to have to go through and work your way through. Yeah. And you you can, you know, when we read these business books, a lot of times you're seeing the best case scenarios, but they don't talk about how hard it was to make those decisions. hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, we can sit here and talk about you know niching down, niches make you rich, but to the average person, it's like, but I want all the client customers yeah. I can have. And I'm like, <laughs> but you'll be stretched and you can't see it now, you'll be stretched out of way. control. It doesn't <laughs> work that way. And yeah. trust me when I say, when you are specific, and and, and let's say you pick a, a niche that you know doesn't really work for you, you can still pivot. That's a beautiful thing, you can still pivot. But if you focus on things you're really, really good at, like I, you remember reading a book was the E myth. I probably mm-hmm. have it wrong. Oh yeah, but <laughs> you know, just the, the the tactician. The, the, it, it, like I'm really, I'm very much a big picture person. Mm-hmm. Detailing is not my strong suit. I know that sounds crazy, but I I I I move on visions like. Mm-hmm. I have this thing for Bad Bitches and Power Pitches. I had this thing for my show. And when I started to break it down into details, I realized I needed help in order to be able to flesh it out. Now, when it comes to writing um, pitches, I can do that in my sleep. When it comes to speech writing, I can do that in my sleep. But putting on events is not my skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you know what you're good at, you help you you, you go to other people who that is their on or genius. And it saves you so much time, energy, and stuff like that. When you're starting out, do you have the money for that? Probably not. So then you focus on the things that you can do until you're able to, you know, raise enough money to be able to do those, those other things and calling in other people to help you. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, if you're a coach it's hard to coach someone higher than you've ever been.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And that makes so, so much sense to me.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, If you like, I've been on Shark Tank. I've been on a lot of different shows, business shows, like those top shows. I've been on them, but if I hadn't have been on them, do I think I could have helped someone to get there secretly deep down? I think I could because I had to do it for myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I I didn't have a PR team, but Mm -hmm. I I just knew that I I, I can, I can make connections out of nothing. Mm -hmm. I can pitch my way into any situation.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the thing I hear in that is just continuing to learn and live through experience. Mm Uh, and you know, the interesting thing that I find is that there are lessons that I have just recently realized, but Mm -hmm. have been, I basically life has been putting them in front of me for Mm -hmm. the longest time. And it's finally, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to hear it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm like finally ready to learn this lesson. Um, so, you know, I'd be curious for you, like what, um, if you're open to sharing, like what's been like the hardest lesson that you've learned or a few of the hardest lessons
1: that you've learned in the <laughs> I last couple I'm glad you asked that question. Mm-hmm. I can't do it alone. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is one of the hardest lessons for me to learn. I can't do it on my own. Mm. I need, I need support. Mm-hmm. I need support. I need excuse me, affiliates, I need to constantly stay on my craft. It's not about what I know today, it's what trends are happening. You know, it's what doors, I don't know how to get through certain doors, but the right people around me can. Mm -hmm. And being open to it. Before, I was like, no, I'm doing it my way. Now it's like, you know, our way could be much better than my way.
0: It uh, provides a different perspective Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I definitely have dealt with the I know exactly what you're talking about Like the separate and alone Like it's you know, this is all on me. I don't want anyone else to be um, you know to have an influence on my success Like I know how to do it best. So i'm just going to go through and do it and uh, what I realized is it's just it's really tiring (laughs) Like it's very tiring and it's very lonely and -hmm. it's very slow and the more as of late that I have opened up and let other people into the process and, you know, even more actively been asking for the support that I need to grow my business, Mm -hmm. the more that I'm finding that I'm like, oh, this is actually, this is the game like relationship like working inside of relationships getting supported um you know creating a team and a structure that that picks me up when i'm down and is able to provide feedback you know for me that other people maybe aren't able to see or i'm open to hearing <laughs> like i work with a coaching program now and i've got a i've got about 13 other people on my team and these are people who you know read people professionally for a living <laughs> like as a mm-hmm. coach that's kind of your job is reading yep people. Mm-hmm. And so it's so interesting being in an environment with them where I am constantly asking for and receiving tons of feedback because for a lot of these people, like, they know me better than I know myself in, right. in some senses. So it's cool to look at how much my growth and progress has accelerated over the last two years, the more that I've opened up and let other people into the process.
1: Definitely. It, you really, you really can't do it all on your own. Yeah. Even if I have really great ideas, bouncing them off other people makes them greater. I was on the phone with Ty Goodwin uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, and she's asked me questions about my event, and it it became painfully obvious to me that I hadn't thought everything out. But again, I told you I'm not detail. I'm mm-hmm. very big picture, and so when I tell you she asked me some questions, I was sitting there like this. Wow, I felt like you know who I felt like <laughs> I felt like Post Malone. Wow. Oh, I was like the great precious Williams was very humble because <laughs> she 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 went so you know she did me with no Vaseline she just went all in mm-hmm. I, was, I was I was scared for my life mm-hmm. but it was but it needed to she needed to ask me certain questions and then she had me look at myself totally different she said you're thinking of precious now she said I see precious bigger than you see you mm. she said you you know you know you're you're great and you're wonderful she said but you could take it so much higher. Mm. She said, you can do exclusive type stuff where people got to put in an application and all sorts of things to even to even work with you. She said, that's where you're going and you can't see it right now. Mm. She said, but I, I've seen it since I met you. You're destined for even bigger and bigger and bigger. She said, you think it's cute that you get Fortune, um, Fortune 100 or Fortune 50 companies to... To call on you, she said. You think that's great? She said, You have no idea what's coming. Mm. She said, So, when you accept your Oscar, and I was like, Oh my god, I wrote my speech when I was like eight. <laughs> been,
0: preparing been preparing for this moment, I've been preparing for this life. moment. You don't
2: have. <laughs> she said,
1: She said, You know, you never know, you might write a screenplay, you might write a script, you might do something. She said, You know, you are talented when it comes to communication your communication doesn't stop with just how great you are on stage but you know you're a great writer you're you're a poet she said all of these things matter she said you know you love writing poetry Hmm. and I started writing poetry in one of the darkest places the psych ward
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and um it just gets better and better yeah. And being able to articulate myself and make it rhyme, and wanting to call up Drake if I had his number, and be like, "Hey Drake, I know you that emo type rapper. Let me drop, you. let me, let me, some let me drop a let me let me, let me let me let me drop a couple of bars on you. I can't <laughs> rap them, but maybe if you read it, you'll know how to, you know, put it all together. But I got something for you. I'm I'm, a, I'm I'll let you girl. i at your girl in New York City, Brooklyn, Love. Brooklyn. I'll let you girl
0: after you get your Oscar."
1: Oh, of course, you know, it you know, be to like be on, on stage. Drake. Yeah.
0: Drake. <laughs> Let's talk after this. Yeah.
1: Drake would be like, I don't know that chick like that. She's not like <laughs> she she's not like the usual chicks I go for. I'm not trying to date you. I'm trying to give you some bars for your next album. Don't do me like Quentin Miller though. Don't do me like that though. Don't don't put me on front street like that. Though. I'm coming, I'm coming at you.
0: <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um the so you're coming out or you are you have another book um mm-hmm. and i would love to hear a little bit more about it what it's about see so you trying
1: you you digging into you 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 digging into the you you digging into the real stuff so um so there's actually two books bad bitches and power pitches uh for women entrepreneurs and speakers only part 2 <laughs> and then there's the curvy girls guide to living well in a crazy world mm. You know, and of course, it speaks speaks to different audiences. But you know, what I did in the first book was talk about branding, like how do you really brand yourself through your pitching, right? Mm -hmm. And so, the next thing that I want to move into, I'm a little scared to even talk about it because you know, when in the writing process, you're like, Mm -hmm. we can change on a dime. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the Curvy Girls Guide to Living Well in a Crazy World. Out of all the experiences that I've been through, out of all the things that I've been through, have happened you know, as I've gained weight, lost weight and everything like that. And so I've been able to do things that people say certain women can't do. And this is before Lizzo. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a singer. I'm not Mm -hmm. a rapper or anything like that, but to be able to have the kind of rock star confidence to go anywhere and do anything that I want at this size. And I'm not 327. I'm about 230, 240 mm-hmm. now. Um, but I'm five foot nine, so don't be thinking, oh my God, mm-hmm. huge, oh my God. Um, but to be able to talk about my experiences with perspective now and what I've learned, and you know, not not letting fear make the decisions for me on what I can and cannot do, mm-hmm. and believing in myself when no one else did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. I was like, I think that's the whole, that's the show notes for this episode. <laughs> not being like everybody else. <laughs> mm, and, being, and being comfortable not being like everybody else. Yeah, totally,
1: totally. Awesome. Well, Precious, where can people find you? They can find me at www.perfectpitches P-I-T-C-H-E-S perfectpitchesbyprecious.com mm-hmm. They can find me on LinkedIn as Precious Williams, Killer Pitch Master. They can find me on Twitter, twitterwww.twitter.com slash perfect pitch P on Facebook. I am facebook.com slash perfect pitch P and on Instagram, I am www.instagram.com slash perfect pitches P. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's a piece of wisdom that you have for folks who are listening in order to elevate themselves, their communities, and the world?
1: Fortune favors the bold. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I am not meek and mild, and so I'm not for everyone, and I'm okay with that. But the more bold you are and the more forceful you are with your boldness, You will stand out. I'm not going to say you're not going to go through some craziness. You will. But being bold allows you to stand out in ways that most people are too afraid to. And I'm just not afraid. And even if I am afraid, you just wouldn't know it. Yeah, love that.
0: Awesome. And the way that I love to end the show is with acknowledgments. So Precious, are you open to me acknowledging
1: you? Please. <laughs> awesome. Do that. Um, Do that. <laughs>
0: so I was like taking notes um of things that I wanted to mention and one of the things that I wrote down and the thing that I want to start with is um really just acknowledging you for like your punk rock authenticity. <laughs> like <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the thing that is just so abundantly clear is that you are who you are, who you are, who you are and there's no hiding it nor is there a desire to. And I think that's really incredibly important, not only for creating a business that's incredibly unique and a reflection of you, but, you know, also in service of everyone else that you're looking to support, like the clients that you want to work with and, you know, the the folks who might not have access to opportunity, like being able to go in and support those kinds of people. You know, like we said earlier, I think authenticity begets authenticity. And I think you're just like a giant walking flashing amazing billboard for it Mm -hmm. um thanks for your thanks for your power and your fire like there's just a lot of like um like energy and excitement and enthusiasm around what you're up to and the impact of the work that you do so it's really infectious um the uh the other thing that a couple other things i really want to acknowledge you for um one is your commitment to growth um it's it's Like really a a privilege in a lot of ways to be able to talk to you about the experiences that you had that weren't so great, like the homelessness and the abuse. And um, thanks for continuing to choose like love and growth in service of you becoming the person that you want and not letting those things define you. Um, and I think the last piece that I really just want to acknowledge you for is like, thanks for being like a beacon um, of service and being of service um, to other folks, uh, you know, around you in your community, to people who might've been in your same position when you were younger and might not feel like they have access to the same types of opportunities or feel like those things aren't possible for them. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you watched TV shows, you know, Lifestyles, the rich and famous, that sort of thing. I'm sure that there are, um, you know, young girls and women who are watching you doing the exact same thing and mm-hmm. getting inspired in the exact same way. So thanks for being out in the world. Thanks for doing the work that you do.
1: That, that was very awesome. I just want <laughs> you to know, I'm not, I, I usually it's, it's hard to hear compliments.
2: Mm.
1: You know, you would think a person would get used to it, but sometimes you like, I don't do it for compliments. Mm. I do it because it's my purpose and my passion. And I thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show and want to stay up to date on new episodes or other special offers, I'd invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if there's ever anything I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out and
2: let me know. See you next time.